0: celebrate this special time in the life of the world, and we thank you that we, by your grace, have received this incredible gift, and I pray, Lord Jesus, this morning that you would give us new insight into what exactly this gift is and what it means, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to think back for a moment and try to remember the most meaningful gift you've ever received. Just think back. Some of you have a longer time to think, and that's okay. Longer years, but think back and think about the most spectacular, the most meaningful gift that you ever received. The giving of gifts is a tradition long held in America and Europe, really all over the world. And sometimes a certain gift holds great significance for both the giver and the recipient. And you may have such a gift to remember a special occasion, a person, an event, or even a location. Well, Christmas, it seems, has kind of transformed into something less than it was originally intended. And we've seen the changes over the years. Peter Marshall wrote a sermon entitled, Let's Keep Christmas. And in it, he writes this. We all feel the pressure of approaching Christmas. The traffic is terrible. You can't find a parking space. The stores are crowded. The mob scenes make shopping a nightmare. You are thinking about presents, wondering what in the world you can get for so-and-so. You think of friends and loved ones who are so hard to shop for. You can't think of anything they need which is rather strange when you take time to think about it. Maybe there is nothing in the store that they need, but what they need is a a token of love. What about love itself and maybe friendship, understanding, consideration, a helping hand, maybe a prayer? Well, the custom of giving gifts did not originate with St. Nicholas, now known as Santa Claus, It really started with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I want us to read about it. We're going to look at the Matthew passage as we look at gifts of worship. The gifts of worship. And, And you can follow along on the projection as I read it as well. Matthew 2, 1 to 12. says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. <coughs> but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Shortly after the birth of Jesus, magi or astrologers arrived in Jerusalem with strange news. They had seen this unusual phenomenon in the sky and taken it to mean that the Messiah had been born. He was going to be the king of the Jews. They had been living in expectation that the Messiah was soon to come. And they saw this astrological phenomenon and being familiar with the widespread belief that the time was ripe for the appearance of a king born in Judea... That would claim universal homage and usher in a reign of peace. They set out for Judea to test the truth of their theory. So let's go find out if this is true. There was an astrological phenomenon with planets and one star aligning. It was a phenomenal sight. And they arrived in Jerusalem and discovered that the Messiah was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. So they went to find Jesus. Now, Unlike some of the stories we see, Jesus was no longer in the stable. That's okay. But he was in a house. And they had no trouble finding him. I mean, the shepherds had told everybody in this small town what had happened. So everybody knew about this baby that had been born. Now, it's significant that the first people who gave homage and worshipped the Messiah were shepherds. They were shepherds. They were poor, and they were Jewish. They were the first to worship this Messiah. The Magi were Gentiles, and they were wealthy, evidently. They had lots of gifts to give this person. So we find that when Jesus came, the first to worship him were Jews, and then also Gentiles. Gentiles. And the motive of the Magi was not for personal gain or advantage, but they came just to worship, just to worship him. What were their gifts of worship given to Jesus? And what can we observe and learn from these three gifts? I want us to look at the three gifts that they gave and what they represent. The first one is the gift of gold. The gift of gold. This gift of gold was thought by the early church to signify Jesus' deity. The fact that they recognize that that Jesus was and is God, is God. John 1, 1 and 14 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The Word becoming flesh, deity. Luke 1, 34 to 35 Mary had just been told by the angel she was going to to deliver a baby. And she says, how will this be? I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Jesus was and is God. Deity. And that, that first gift of gold represented deity. There's one more passage from the Old Testament. Isaiah 59 says, The Redeemer will come to Zion. The Redeemer will come to Zion. To those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you will not depart from you. And my words that I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children, on the lips of their descendants from this time on. And forever, says the Lord. There's a word used that we don't understand very well. It's called Redeemer. Redeemer. And to look at the context of Redeemer, we have to go back to the Old Testament. The word Redeemer meant kinsman redeemer. In other words, if you were going to redeem someone, this is particularly relevant in the book of Ruth. And and if you have time read it, it talks about a kinsman redeemer. The only one that could redeem was someone who has a blood relative. There was a process they went through, a legal process, to redeem someone. And they would do that only if they were related. This indicates the necessity of the incarnation. God taking on human form, becoming one of us so that we're related to him and blood related. He became blood and flesh. He became one of us. And because he became one of us, he could then legally, in God's eyes, function as a redeemer. He could redeem us. Jesus took on human flesh. That's the whole basis of what's called substitutionary atonement. Substitute. He died in our place to redeem us because he was a kinsman of us, a redeemer. He had to become one of us. And the gift gold reminds us that this baby Jesus was God in human form. The second gift was the gift of frankincense. Frankincense Frankincense was symbolic of purity or righteousness. And these magi recognized the holiness of God, his purity and righteousness. In the Old Testament sacrificial system, When they had to sacrifice a lamb, they had to make sure it was pure and righteous, a perfect lamb that was to be sacrificed, a spotless lamb. And these recognized that there had to be a pure, spotless person, the Son of God, Jesus, to die to pay for our sins. It had to be a pure and righteous, sinless person to die For the sins of others. And Jesus was and is that spotless holy son of God. Who died for the sins of the entire world. And then the third gift was the gift of myrrh. We don't see that very often. Myrrh denoted Jesus' death. Myrrh was used for embalming after death. And in Matthew 1.21 said, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. There was that gap between God and man. That schism that needed to be fixed. And Jesus came to restore that relationship between humans and God. And because of Jesus' deity, because of Jesus' purity there was then Calvary, the cross. Now, I'm certain that the Magi, as they worshiped and gave these gifts to Jesus, had no idea what they were representing with those gifts. But at this time, even at his birth, Jesus began his journey from the manger to the cross. In fact, Jesus' entire life was a journey to the cross. Jesus predicted many times that he would eventually be put to death and be resurrected. Why why did he do that in the first place? This whole picture is a picture of something called love. His love for humanity, John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus' person and his life was God's gift to all of us. And all he calls on us is to say, this is a gift offered to us. And if we want to have eternal life and have that relationship restored with God, it's a matter of accepting that gift, admitting that we're sinners and saying, God, I can't save myself. I can't do it on my own. Jesus came for that purpose, to restore that relationship with God. Amen. The manger to the cross, to the resurrection, this was the beginning. The resurrection was the culmination. That's the message of gifts as we celebrate Christmas. And that is the meeting of Christmas. I want us to move to a time of celebrating that light of Jesus. The candlelight, and we can bring all the lights and spotlights down if we can bring everything down. These lights, spotlights, everything. There we go. Okay.